Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is September the 18th. 2020 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin don't fomo on us these guys don't fomo on us offended by selling hello my elite friends it is early in the morning here in baltimore but we're here to give you a special show on erev rosh hashanah because you know we got stuff to do tonight or some of us do so anyway if you've got questions we got answers we're gonna have time you could do a super chat you could type in bitcoin meister now obviously this has been a very busy week for us uh, for me personally i've traveled from Asheville back to baltimore with the family dealing with lots of family stuff but hey i i've been paying attention to the news and wow whoa all of a sudden cracking in wyoming starts up a bank becomes they, what Caitlin Long has been dreaming of for ages, it's coming true. They're taking advantage of, of, uh, of Wyoming's uh, policies for banks and combining it with crypto and, oh my, and Kraken never dreamed they would become a bank, so says their founder. So we've got three new guests here. You've probably heard of these dudes before because they're on Twitter and you better be following them on Twitter. They're linked to below. BTC Dragon Lord, Nico and Daniel Prince are in the house. And we'll start off with uh, the the Dragon Lord here. What what a name you've got, dude. Uh, what is your take on uh, this uh, Wyoming Bitcoin Kraken uh, situation? Oh, it's quite interesting. I mean, the compactor actually said that now national banks can custody cryptocurrencies, which means that any bank can now just pop up and start uh, taking Bitcoin custody. But it is kind of like uh, brings up another problem for people that a lot of people talk about the 6102 uh, executive order, which is like a nightmare for Bitcoiners and mostly for samurai people who are really, really crazy about this problem. Uh, it's like it's a it's it, it it's a quite a big possibility that could actually happen in the U.S. again. That sometime in the future, such custodials could actually turn against their users and comply with U.S. regulation in order to to take take away users' bitcoins. So, you just the U.S. government creates a legislation for it and then says that no, but it's not yours anymore. It's it's ours. Give it over to the Federal Reserve Bank, and then they take it away from you, and then it's not yours anymore. And you just have IOUs or some sort of a currency backed by Bitcoin, which is highly likely that it might happen, since Bitcoin uh, scales terribly. It's not able to you know scale properly, and because of that, it's more likely that the fiat money is gonna get backed by Bitcoin, and, and government gonna try to to try mess around with inflation in order to somehow bypass Bitcoin's effect on, on currency. So this way it makes more sense that the US government might create some sort of a, a dollar substitute that is backed by Bitcoin in order to somehow cover the dollar's value that way. So there is less volatility for the dollar and then you know hyperinflation might not affect the, the economy, the US, the US economy that terribly. And then, uh, it, it, that's basically it. So this this is their problem. And the other thing is that you know, as more users going to be holding uh, Bitcoin, basically on custodial exchanges, that means that the less people will be holding sovereign Bitcoin, and they will be only owning IOUs, basically. So everybody is KYC is already, and that's it, basically. Well, I mean, you, you've got a legitimate concern here, okay? But the, the <laughs> we in our little Bitcoin bubble, it's be your own bank, control your private key, okay? 
but come on, you you've seen the people of the world. They they want other people to hold their Bitcoin. They want to make it easier. I I see this as a trend. Okay, Wyoming's making it easy for there to be Bitcoin banks now, and I think people want there to be Bitcoin banks. So I mean, do you see this dragon as something that's going to keep on happening, or are you in the mindset that it shouldn't happen? Thus, it will not. I mean, you you don't like it, but can you admit that it's going to keep happening? <laughs> you might unlikely, but it's going to be keep happening because it's most natural step for banks in order to custody Bitcoin because it's a financial product for them. Uh, it, it basically makes money. So why they shouldn't be holding it? It totally makes sense for them. But the problem is that uh, as, as the fee is going to start increasing on the Bitcoin blockchain, basically, that way users is going to get forced stuff from the main chain onto uh, other layers, basically. And then this layering might start developing. It's, we're not there yet, obviously. So Lightning somehow has to somehow morph into something better or something better has to come around, which is not there yet, basically. And, and then we will have something better that people will be able to use just as easily as Bitcoin is right now. But... Uh, I don't see it happening in the next five years. So people will be still having sovereign Bitcoins off of exchanges. I usually now, now when I even I earn money right now in Bitcoin, basically, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't stack sets. I just get non-KYC Bitcoins that it then immediately gets coin joined. And then that's it, basically. You see, you're, you're hardcore. Like, I mean, you, 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 I, I figured this. You, you do the whole nine yards. You go the whole, but nobody, so few people do what you do. I mean, I just want you to know that. I mean, it's great what you do. It's great. It's like you're, you would be considered the perfect Bitcoiner. You don't, you don't deal with KYC at all. You're saying. I do. I do acquire them mostly through KYC what I bought in the past. But nowadays, when I'm earning, it's non-KYC basically. So only my employer knows who it belongs to. But then that's it. It's game over. There, government doesn't know it, and they don't give those information over to them because that other government doesn't know who I am. Basically, it will be much more harder for them to cooperate also because there are two uh, legislation between the two countries, and then it's kind of harder that way. I, I want to say one thing about that. This what the, the the laws in Wyoming and what they're doing in Wyoming in the United States. Uh, it's not just about storing Bitcoin. They they call it digital assets. You you could so there's going to be other there's going to be banks quote unquote banks in Wyoming where they're storing Litecoin and Ethereum et cetera et cetera et cetera. All right, I want to I want to move to uh, Daniel Prince. Uh, how you doing? Uh, what's what's your take on this? Hey man, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. First of all, and. Uh, to to get to meet these guys uh, it's um great to um to keep the network um rolling um i don't know i've not really had enough time to process it um my initial thoughts were not for me um and i think for you to your point um those of us that are already here we have gone through it's difficult right it's it's hell to so first of all, if you've been doing this for the last five years or so, um, we all remember that first experience. That was a huge leap of faith. And once you've taken that huge leap of faith away from the legacy system, you're going to be hard pushed to turn around and make that jump back to it again. And so I think those of us that are already here are probably looking at this news and like, nah. Um, but those of us that are following us behind, this is going to be big news for them and this could be a huge on-ramp for them um it's not something i don't think i'll ever 
I can't say that because I'm not fully delved into it yet, and it's still very, very early news. What gives me hope is, you know, Caitlin has been um, pushing it, and she's a, a Bitcoiner, as we know. Um, there are Bitcoiners on board on that project. Um, another thing that worries me is, like, yeah, is it just going to be Bitcoin at the custody inc, or is it going to be all of this other nightmare nonsense? Uh, because if if they are holding all of this other altcoin stuff, and one of those things when one of those things goes completely bankrupt, you know, then what? Um, what happens to the company? Do, you know, it, does that break the company or are they covered in some way? It, there's lots of gray areas which, you know, need ironing out first for me to get involved. But the, 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 what, I, what I would hope, because they are going to be dealing with digital assets that they, uh, they, don't get into the, they don't get into the DeFi side of things. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second. But I mean, if they're, they're holding Litecoin for people, I don't think there's much to worry about Litecoin going away or something like that. I mean, there's, there's got to be a, a, I mean, this is supposedly regulated, not that I trust governments, but um, that they would have a standard of, of what they allow to be held at these uh, digital asset banks based out of Wyoming. Now, I, I want to quickly read something from the article that's linked to below. By the way, if you guys are watching this live, please pound that like button and you can ask questions, definitely. Uh, Wyoming granted Kraken a license to create a special purpose depository institution in the state. The bank should launch sometime by the first quarter of 2021. So, okay, that'll be good. A uh, lot of hype then when Bitcoin's surging, no doubt. Kraken Financial will be able to provide some banking, some banking services, including crypto debit cards, but cannot use customer deposits to issue loans. Very good. The line between crypto exchange and bank just got even blurrier. Today, the state of Wyoming awarded crypto uh, exchange Kraken a license to create a crypto bank in the state which is tentatively called Kraken Financial. Now, this makes Kraken the first US crypto exchange to create a bank. So I wanna go back to you real quick, Daniel, just to ask a broader question. Do you see crypto exchanges, which already are experts in, in, all, all, in handling cryptocurrencies, uh, taking advantage of this, uh, I would almost say loophole to become uh, banks in the United States? Yes, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of um, firms moving across to uh, to Wyoming. You're going to have a, a bit of a gold rush um, over there uh, for sure. This happened w across all sectors um, before. Uh, you know, as soon as a jurisdiction becomes friendly to a sector, you see a huge influx there. So yeah, of course. But uh, you know, back to your original question, I'm thinking, you know, what what service can they offer? Like you, know, you said, oh, they might be able to offer an ATM debit card. Or like, as hodlers, again, like, who the hell wants that? Um, no. I don't know. It's I think the existing community, it's not for them. It's people coming behind. Um, and yeah, like first quarter of 2021, when stuff is going crazy, maybe maybe that's good timing. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, for me, hey, uh, you just doesn't excite it. me. It's a gimmick. It's it's that 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 card is just a gimmick. We're not we know it's a gimmick, but some people mm -hmm. they love to have the card. It makes them feel normalized. Like oh, it's it's a real bank. It makes me feel confident in the system. They gave me this this card. I mean, it's just like a reassuring. You're right. The services they provide. There is anyone? No there are no services they provide. Is anyone here going to send across one bitcoin to that bank so you can get a a debit card so you can go out and spend your crypto, your your bitcoin? Excuse me, because. You know, 
I, I am. Anyone? I, I, I wouldn't. Some newbie would. I, <laughs> so some some new person would like it. I think. I, I guess. I, I, I do but, have well, one. We'll see. We'll see how it progresses. Now, okay. We we we've, we Nico has been silent here. You're in America, so you're gonna. Uh, you'll have a take on this. Uh, so what's what's your what's your situation here with this? So I think so. You know, it's I think it's too early to tell exactly what you know, like in terms of how legit how legitimate they are because they are the first of its kind. So I, I'm kind of reserved in you know in 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 judging so soon. But I think it completely changes the game, man. Because one of the problems, right? Um, it's not necessarily you're going to send a Bitcoin and spend your money. Okay, none of us do that, right? But it changes the game in the sense of it's a much better on-ramp, okay? And that changes the game completely because they're integrated with the with the Kraken exchange. So what, you, what you'll be able to do, for example, is if you run a, a Bitcoin business, like, like I, I run a small mining operation, like a hosting business, and we get paid in fiat, right? So, but imagine being able to purchase Bitcoin without having to go through all these all these extra obstacles that you have to go through nowadays, right? You have to, man, it's it's so complicated. You have to, you know, you have to withdraw to whatever. You have to buy it on Cash App. You have to withdraw. It's just it's a multi-step process. And what this is going to allow you to do is it's just going to allow you, okay, I get paid directly in my bank, and from my bank I could buy Bitcoin directly. And to kind of answer Carl's point. In, in terms of KYC, yes, there is a there there is a major danger in in the sense that, man, you're it's all in one place. You know, it's this person's bank account and it's connected to his Bitcoin. Of course, as soon as you buy the Bitcoin, you withdraw it. But you know that you're going to be able to withdraw it. It's it's not going to be paper Bitcoin because it's it's integrated with Kraken, right? So you know you're going to be able to withdraw that immediately. And I think that that's a big changer. But in terms of the KYC fear. Right, I, I've been I've been talking about this a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. The the executive order that uh, FDR made in the 1930s that seized all the gold, right? That was very easily enforced. Okay, it, it, gold is very hard to store. If you have over fifty thousand dollars worth of gold, and you have that under your bed, and the government comes on knocks on your door, it's it's going to be relatively easy to find. It's not going to be able to. It's not going to be hard to. It's it's going to be very hard to store a, a big amount, right? With Bitcoin, you can't do that because, man, you, it's it's words, right? You could just cross the border with twenty four words. It is written in a, in a in a book on a random page, and it's unfeasible for custom officials or the government to check every single person's whatever. And then the second point would be like, okay, but they have everyone's names, right? And they have everyone's, you know, transaction history and, and all that, man. But then you're getting on, uh, on this, on this concept of, of, of asset, uh, of asset forfeiture. And remember in the United States, you kind of have those rights, right? The government can't just take your shit. You know, they have to, they have to come up with a reason and what tends to happen, right? Historically in countries where, they do have a wealth tax or they do have they're extremely they're extremely hard on the wealthy. The wealthy have this privilege where they could just get up and go. You know, they could just leave. And there's going to be another country around the world that's just going to open them with welcome arm with welcome arms and say, hey, your country isn't Bitcoin friendly. Come here. And we've already seen that happen with Malta. We saw that with with Wyoming just now. And I think that the longer that Bitcoin stays around and it gets its tentacles, 
into different parts of the U.S. economy, right? Uh, I, I, we haven't talked about this yet, but it was just announced that a public company just was purchasing a great deal of, of Bitcoin as a reserve asset, right? So for a president or for a politician to say, we're going we're gonna to do this to Bitcoin, they're going to hurt all those Bitcoin companies in the United States, which as, as more time progresses, have, has even more lobbying power, right? So I understand what Carl's saying, and I think that he's the most hardcore Bitcoiner here, and I think he's the one that's going to survive if there is some type of banned Bitcoin order. But I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic in what's going to happen because, man, at the end of the day, the U.S. It's if you could buy, if you could buy the laws, you buy the laws, and it's just money talks here, bro. You know, that's it's just the way of the world. I, I like how you. I what I was I was going to ask about Wyoming if this is going to really catapult them well to what to to new businesses entering is this is this the way other states should follow because on one side here in the United States we have states like New Jersey and California talking about how they have to tax have to have wealth taxes and, and horrifying taxes that I I couldn't even I wouldn't be even able to imagine a year ago and you're in uh, you're in Florida which everyone says is uh, the most business friendly state I mean I, I, quite a few people say that actually. Um, so what is just your take purely uh, on Wyoming? Is this going to help Wyoming a lot? Uh, I, I think that Wyoming was, I, I think that Wyoming pulled a Delaware, right? So a Delaware is extremely business friendly and it, it's very private centric, right? So if you register an LLC there, you know, you could hide who the who the directing the managing director is, right? You can't do that in, in many states. I think the only other state you can do that is Nevada. Nevada. But um, in terms of Wyoming, I think that, you know, they, man, it's, 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 it's a relatively poor state. So I think that they took this, they took this as kind of like, a, like an adrenaline shot to kind of spark up the economy. And I think they're positioning themselves. I think Cat, Catlin Long explains this so well. They're positioning themselves in a very advantageous position, right? Being a, being quote unquote Bitcoin friendly. So man, I, I think that for Wyoming, it's 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 a game changer. Remember, you're gonna have to have an office there, right? You're gonna have to have a location there. But in reality, you're just registered there. You're gonna operate around the country, right? So I think that for Wyoming, Wyoming's gonna become the new Delaware of crypto, of Bitcoin. That that was the goal. I think that was part of her goal. I mean, you gotta hand it to her. She's been talking about this for a long time and now she talked the talk and now people are walk, freaking walking the walk. And that's exciting to me because I, I have seen it develop uh, over time. And it's, you know, people complain sometimes about Bitcoin and it's, it, the progression has been slow. But if you look at the bigger picture, I mean, this is, uh, there, there was a time when Caitlin Long wasn't even in Bitcoin. So no one could have even imagined special crypto banks in Wyoming. That was not, back in 2016, you, that was not even a concept. So it just makes you think what we can't even think of right now. Now I do want, I want to tie this all up and just give uh, Dragon Lord the final word because uh, I thought you might have something to reply to, to what Nico said about uh, Bitcoin confiscation, et cetera, et cetera. Well, with confiscation, it's quite difficult. I mean, that's this is what I kind of dispute because 
outside the US, you can't do this. There is uh, no precedent in European countries for confiscating gold, other than in England, where they, they, they basically offer people to give paper money for gold bars, which was quite different than in the US, where it was uh, taken away by force. But you cannot take away Bitcoin. You put, just put it behind a passphrase and have a multisig or whatever else. You, you, you just can't take it away. You can just always just say no. You're going to go probably to jail or something. But once you get out of there, you're going to be much more richer, probably, or something, because it, it makes all sense. So people who just keeps writing this confiscation bullshit, just think for a second that if they even going to be able to take it away right. in the first no, they, place. Again, you can't be confiscated. Unconfiscatable is one of the sayings around here. And if you control your private key, it is unconfiscatable. But, but what you pointed out before, it's... It is confiscatable if you give it to a Bitcoin bank. I mean, they, of course, they, they, yes. they will comply. That, yeah. that, 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 that was the, the point. I just wanted to see if you wanted to elaborate so, on that at all. So because, you're, I mean, you, Adam, sorry. you're talking about rehypothecation, right? That, that's kind of your worry, right? Where it's like, I'm not, no, I'm, really. I'm not worried. I'm not. I, it's personal responsibility is a new counterculture. If people want to give up their precious Bitcoin to these Bitcoin banks, be my freaking guest about it. They're not going to read. They say they're not going to rehypothecate. They're not going to do anything. They but- absolutely are, though. It's just it's just, it, it's inevitable that people do that. You know, it's just human nature. Well, if they fought, the, Caitlin's huge thing is she uses that word a lot. That no, they're not going to do. That's part of the the legal terms of, of being able to do this in Wyoming. I kind of tend to agree with you that uh, they'll they'll find a loophole somehow. So, so, so somehow they'll do that. But that's why I don't mess with this, and I tell people not to mess with it. But at the same time, this is very. This is Bitcoin needs this kind of moment. Okay, we don't have to participate in it. We don't have to do mainstream financial activities with Bitcoin. But it's good that there's a state that uh, allows there to be a Bitcoin bank. And uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, it was it's better than like what New York does. New York is the complete opposite. They make all these horrifying rules you have to uh, uh, abide by if you want to do anything crypto in those in those states. Wyoming is is giving guidelines to make things easy and free. So. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I think we've we, we, we've covered all this. Is a, I, I'm just interested to see how it will all develop. So I let them compete. Let there be Bitcoin banks. Let there be Litecoin banks if they want to have it. Um, people will have to learn the hard way, I guess. Uh, so we want to talk about MicroStrategy now. MicroStrategy keeps on uh, coming up in the news because uh, Michael Saylor, there, uh, the founder. Uh, is obviously now a big fan of Bitcoin. He's recently was interviewed. Apparently, everyone loves the interview. He's very pro. I mean, we knew he was pro Bitcoin. They just bought even more Bitcoin. They like are going to own 0.18% of all the Bitcoin that will ever be created. So this is there's something an example, uh, and we've talked about on the show before that uh, it, instead of uh, having cash on hand, they have Bitcoin on hand. Uh, so maybe a, a, a bunches of public companies will do this in the future. Uh, I will start, I think, uh, when we we're talking about this uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Daniel, did you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I do. Lots. Um, it, can't, it, it, it So many things are going around in my mind over this. Um, and the game theory on the, it, it has just gone into absolute overdrive. Um, if you are the CEO, CIO, or CFO of any publicly listed company, 
and you're not paying attention to this, you may as well, like, you know, we're in six months' time. This is on now because you've got to – this this has to come up in every single boardroom around the world, every single company, private or public. And if you're not, then if you're not doing your job, you're not paying attention, you're, you're not serving your stakeholders – and you're going to lose your job because in six months' time, when this thing takes off like we know it's going to, and MicroStrategy's balance sheet is going to explode, and their stock price is going to explode, and you are the guy sitting in front of the board of directors, look, do you want to be the guy that brings up, um, talking about um, uh, investing into Bitcoin in front of your board of directors and be laughed out of the room, or do you want to be the guy that has to sit in front of the board of directors and answer the question, why the hell did you not think about investing into Bitcoin? Dude. That's where we're at right now. Dude, that, that is awesome. That is awesome, man. We should make a clip of that and all the CEOs should watch what you just darn said. Because <laughs> yeah, you can't, you do look like a, sort of like a goofball saying we should do Bitcoin now, but you look, and when they look back on it, they'll be like, oh my God, I sh it wasn't a good, yeah, you, you, you don't want to be stuck uh, wondering why you can't buy uh, like $40,000 Bitcoin now. It's very, very, I love that. Pound that like button. Okay, continue. Sorry. You've got, say it all. You've got a lot to say. Okay. And then the the other thing, um, so that's game theory part one of, of how that plays out and how other companies are going to have to come into this space and um, and invest. Um, and then the, the other part I see, MicroStrategy, they're, they're going to be in such a dominant position um, because they have first mover advantage. And Michael was talking about this, that, you know, for another company to get this thing, you know, done uh, as they've done it, um, even to a lesser degree, is going to be anywhere between four to six months from now. So they've got to start moving quick. Um, and they won't. We all know that. Uh, but if you if you kind of like project this out like two to three years time when MicroStrategy are, you know, they can, all they have to do now, they don't even need to like um, imp um, like come up with brand new fangled ideas and um, new products and kind of wow the world. They can go back to basics, go back to the exact products that they've already got and just make them better for their customer and serve their customer really to the, the absolute potential that they can because they have this, this safety net of Bitcoin, which is just going to appreciate. Now, two or three years down the line, when they want to expand and hire the best talent out there, they have this option to say, come work for us. We will pay you full salaries, full contracts in Bitcoin. And they're going to be one of the only companies that are going to be able to do that. And where do you think, like, we know that the talent in this space, where do you think the talent is going to go? Um, so like, that's just another part of the hyper Bitcoinization story of um, now people can go and earn real wages and get this right. This turns everything on its head. Because at that point, the, the employer will have to call the employee into the room at the end of each year and negotiate a, a salary cut for them because <laughs> they, they won't be able to pay the same amount of Bitcoin that they did at the start of their salary because of you know, the, the, the inevitable rise in prices that we all think is going to happen. And this just turns everything on its head. And it, I can't stop thinking about like, the, different, the different levels of game theory and uh, and whatever else that are going to play out you know due to this decision dude that was uh very inspirational <laughs> i i hadn't thought about some of those things getting paying their uh customer paying their uh people in, in bitcoin 
uh, that's uh, you're very forward thinking. I mean, we should, you should be consulting with them or something, or, or, or consulting <laughs> consulting the companies that haven't done this. And Here, think as well of the businesses, the businesses. Um, to to Nico's point earlier, the businesses that are being built now in this space who are having trouble, like um, like Nico's having trouble, and need help from like uh, you know their enterprise software, right? They might need a service from MicroStrategy. MicroStrategy will take payment um, in Bitcoin, I'm sure. And so, you know, you've got the perfect, man, they've got it all. Like they're unstoppable. Go buy the stock, right? It's, um, you know, if <laughs> that's just another way for me to di uh, diversify my Bitcoin holdings would be to buy some MicroStrategy stock. Yeah, wow. You, 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 I, that, I, I've heard people, people have questioned me about that. Uh, should I buy MicroStrategy stock? Now, I'm not uh it's interesting i mean they they've got it going on by the first mover advantage has really propelled them to uh, notoriety and uh what do you think about the, the ceo though and how i mean he's, it looks like he's going to become like a cult figure here in the uh, bitcoin community it definitely looks that way um i hope to meet yeah i will be meeting with him next week on a on a shared call and hope to be getting him on the show at some point if i can uh get you know a little bit closer to him so um, but he seems to, you know, listening to the Pomp interview the other day, I think uh, that was a great interview. Listened to it a couple of times. Watched it as well, actually. Um, recommend watching it on YouTube because then you get the body language and everything else. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's straight up. I mean, he's one of us, right? He's a Bitcoiner. And, you know, he said, I'm not in this thing just to, like, roll out of it in the next two or three years. I'm going to hold this for 100 years. You know, there's... What, what I mean, that think about that. That's $425 million worth of Bitcoin off the market right now. Um, how many Bitcoin is that? It's like, he was up to how many exact coins was it? it? Was like I, 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 I just know what, what percentage is going to be of all the Bitcoin ever. It's, it's, right. like, it's going to be like 0.18% of all the Bitcoin ever. It's, it's a lot. He, he has a lot. They have a lot of Bitcoin over there, and uh, it's not coming up. Off. it's not he's not dumping it back on so i mean that's uh that's huge uh so who's next here I, i'll go to uh nico you, you're gonna you, you'll talk about it now what's your thought yeah man just to kind of add to dan's point it, it's a total game changer it's a total game changer and i worked i had i would say privilege to kind of work in facilitating facilitating a couple otc trades so i kind of understand how that works and i'm telling you that if someone else wants to do that first of all otc trades the name of the game is not moving the actual price higher right so they have to be very sneaky about how they go about this and they do that over a long period of time and you know they they, they either go directly to uh the, the the chinese miners or the consortium over there and they go to basically whales and they try to you know get a little bit here get a little bit there to kind of come up with the whole trade I'd be curious to find out who they used. Uh, the Kraken OTC desk is amazing to, to kind of talk about them a little bit. But I suspect that they use multiple parties. And if anyone else wants to do this, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult. And if, if three people want to do this, it's impossible. You can't do it. It's, you can't do it without significantly boosting up the price. And remember, like he, they're doing this as kind of like a reserve asset not that every fortune 500 company cannot do this it is literally impossible because there's only a, a cap supply of 21 million right and i think there's only a, the current is like 18 or 19 million so man without significantly moving up the price 
other companies can't do this, you know, and and it was so and, and to kind of add to Dan's point, man, it, that pomp interview was a game changer. And us Bitcoiners have been talking about this for a very long time. We have been talking about a public company uh, making Bitcoin one of the reserve assets. I think the next stage would be a small country. Right. But us Bitcoiners have been talking about this for years. OK, I remember like telling my father in law and he would just look at me like a crazy person, like you're crazy. You know, and I'm like, trust me, man, this is going to happen. And MicroStrategy doing this actually happened. It happened. Right. So it, it's just crazy to to see what you've been preaching come true. You know, so. Man, props to Michael. I think that he's going to be extremely happy. And more importantly, he understands the culture. He understands what it means to hodl. And I think that's very significant that a CEO of a public company understands the culture. And I think that he was talking about how one of the things that got him in, into the space was the, the Bitcoin Twitter culture. You know, so... It, man, props to him. I, I'm I'm so pumped, you know, and I think we're going to see a lot more companies to follow. And hopefully very soon. I don't know if it's this epoch. I suspect it's this epoch. Maybe the next one. I think we're going to see a small country. I think we're it's good. And it's going to be dominoes after that. It, it, it might be going on behind the scenes right now. dude. A, a, a country, not even a, it might be a medium or large country might be secretly buying it right now. I mean, you can't show your cards. You can't. You, 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 if a country's doing it, if they announced they were doing it, then everybody else would do it and their price would go up. So you got you to do this silently. So, so the, uh, the OTC desk, they specialize. Okay. One of the things that they specialize in the reason that you would use, because remember when you buy from an OTC, OTC desk, they're slapping on a two and a half to 5% fee. Okay. It's expensive. They specialize in not pumping up the price, but I'm telling you right now, maybe another company could do this, but not three. Not three without someone finding out. It's impossible. It, you can't do it. Maybe another company, but not three. So a small country, bro? I don't know. I don't know, man. Bitcoin would be like 100,000 for sure. 100%. Well, may, may it happen soon. Bitcoin <laughs> is the next Bitcoin. Nico is the next Vortex. Pound that like button. All right, let's go to Dragon. What is your thought on this? Well... Michael should definitely hit up the plebs. That's for sure. I can tell that. If he's listening, Michael, just get on the Tech Recording World Bitcoin Plebs group on Telegram. You're not going to regret that. And also, it's quite interesting with companies trying to survive with Bitcoin because now uh, inflation is starting to kick in. Like if you can see like house prices, how it's kind of bubbling in New York, for example, you can actually see how the, how the value of the dollar is kind of diminishing. And, and this might actually push smart companies in order to push their reserves into Bitcoin. So it's totally natural for them. And for countries, it's not highly likely that countries might be pushing into Bitcoin because they still have gold. Since gold, their reserves are, are still there. They're not really needed right now to push into Bitcoin because that's going to be holding for another epoch. And then what's more apparent is that uh, instead, instead of countries, it's more like politicians are buying into Bitcoin. I know people who are trying to do such kind of things, but it's not totally true the legal ways, but in a sense that that probably they just started buying either privately or in a way that it's not notified towards the government, basically. And, and this gives them an advantage because uh, they're going to become much more influential when the price goes up and they're going to be able to do much more than what's just possible with euros or anything else. And basically that's it, I think.
Yeah. I want to. I want to give it back to Dan here. Is there anything else you want to add to all this? Since I mean, you, you you've thought a lot about this. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, yeah, the OTC thing is very, very interesting, and uh, everything Nico says is uh, is correct. It's it's impossible to pull that off again if your two or three companies come in at the same time, and so you're just going to see this this huge spike to the upside if that happens. Um, do you, How does when, the, when do you think do you think a bunch of companies are going to really pile in this soon? I I, I just I I'm of of the opinion that uh, things take longer than people think usually in this space. They 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 seem to just it gets stretched out. Like oh, I, I've heard little teeny companies are doing it, and that's great. I think little teeny companies should be inspired. You know, in Canada, I heard about a few, but I I just. I I don't know if we're, we're gonna if they're gonna be any big headlines soon that are there there should be if they were in their right minds they should be so I don't know how soon this could it will happen eventually but I I'm not holding my breath on on the timeline here but sorry keep going no that's fine uh, and I think it's going to be very interesting there's going to be a lot of people pouring over um, Q3 earnings um, reports this year to look for that that golden sentence I think it said in um, MicroStrategy is they're considering alternative investments or something like that. That's how they kind of, but, and then the news dropped. So, you you know, rest assured, there's going to be people, especially in the Bitcoin space, you know, the analysts that are out there looking through these, all of these reports, trying to figure out who are the, pri who are the, um, the companies that are going to make this move next. And there will be some, there will be some, there's got to be. What do you, it was a golden sentence you said. What was that? I like that term there. Uh, yeah, mom. like um, in in their Q in their Q two earnings report, um, the the transcript you could read um, the transcript and like the sentence in MicroStrategy's um, uh, report said something along the lines of, "We are looking into alternative um, uh, investments yeah. for our free cash for our free cash flow." Someone actually wrote about it. it they, this news has broke over time, like. They didn't when somebody noticed that and they actually wrote about it. And I thought that was pretty neat at the time. And then when it was actually announced that they did it, I mean, I was so shocked that it happened mm -hmm. so soon. I mean, the, so look for those golden sentences. I like that. I, I, I really said so they, they, they do foreshadow what they're doing. If you read carefully um, mm -hmm. and if, if you know what you're talking about, very, very good point. All right. Any, any of you guys have anything else to say about MicroStrategy before we uh, move on to some other news here? All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, since, since we've got some hardcore Bitcoiners here, it's always good to hear their take on the DeFi situation. Now, I don't know how how I mean, if you guys really lived through the uh, through the ICO thing. I think all of you around then, but I don't know how how carefully how close you were paying attention. Uh, do Do you think this is similar? We've got a we got a story here. Daily Ethereum transactions hit a new historical high amid DeFi boom. And it seems like every week that passes by, it's like it's it's just crazy in, in DeFi. You have a really big high and then something gets hacked. You have a really big low. It's uh, it's manic, uh, manic depressive almost in, in the uh, DeFi space. And uh, I, of course, I just think it's gambling. But uh, there's, you know, who knows what there's types of innovation go that's going on. It's bringing in new types of people. I try to have a positive spin on it, and I do think 
that it is going to just be a huge story going into 2021 in the same sense that the ICO thing was a huge story. So obviously it's having a tremendous effect on Ethereum right now. Uh, I'll start, we'll start with Nico. What, what's your take on DeFi overall and what's what's been going on lately with these flavor of the month uh, DeFi tokens? Nico. Sorry, I was on mute. Okay, so, uh, so to speak on DeFi, first I have to talk about Let's talk about Ethereum, okay? If you look at the hash rate, right? And I'm a miner, so I come from the thought that the hash rate is basically what represents the health of, of, of a cryptocurrency. If you look at the Bitcoin hash rate, right? And the Ethereum hash rate in 2017, which is basically the, the ICO, whatever. Um, man, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't the same. Bitcoins was higher, but... Ethereum's has remained the same since 2017. Okay. Bitcoin's has increased by more than a hundred fold. Okay. It just keeps going up even after the halving. Right. So that tells me that miners or people that, that have a lot of capital to invest are extremely bullish about the future network of Bitcoin. And with all this Ethereum 2.0 BS, Miners are, they just don't want to mine Ethereum, which means that the chain security hasn't improved since 2017, right? So where's the value proposition there? Now let's talk about DeFi a little bit. DeFi is the new ICO boom. It's the same thing, man. And you're seeing the same thing that happened in 2017. You're seeing the same things right now with this DeFi BS, right? There's like, yeah, there's all these fruits like yams, <laughs> sushi. It's weird. Um, but it's the same thing, man. It, it, it's the same thing. It's an ICO. You know, people, the gamblers, man, want to put their money there and they just think it's big. I suspect that in the next bull cycle, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see these coins that are just going to 100x and then they're going to dump. But I, I, I see it as a distraction and I see it. Unfortunately, it's basically a, like a way to kind of get noobs in, in the thing and they're thinking that they're going to get rich overnight. And they're going to get wrecked, man. But hopefully some of those noobs end up in Bitcoin and they, they find what the real money is. And, you know, because that's one of the benefits of what happened with the ICO thing is that a lot of people got wrecked. But in the process of getting wrecked, a lot of people ended up in Bitcoin and they saw they saw the truth. Right. They, they really saw why Bitcoin is unique, what makes Bitcoin different. So. You know, to, to kind of the, the silver lining is that we're going to get a whole, whole lot. We're going to get a new a new segment of Bitcoiners coming in after they get totally destroyed for buying these goddamn fruit coins. Uh, yes, I, that is the positive spin I have on it. Also, there will be many people that will be turned off. The funny thing is, let's go back to the ICO mania. A lot of those guys threw in all their cards. They said it was a joke. They're never coming back. And unfortunately, that was the time. And when everything crashed, they, that's when they should have been buying Bitcoin. And probably some of those same people are going to be triggered by this and are going to come back because they're going to get FOMO because they're hearing, oh, Bitcoin's going up. And I, it's, it's unfortunate that some people just keep coming in at the wrong times because uh, they don't have the long-term type of thinking and patience to just get on the real thing, which is Bitcoin. But some are going to learn. Now, before I know when we're talking about... Uh, altcoins and flavors of the month and, and, and DeFi that uh, by reading uh, the Dragon Lord's uh, freaking uh, Twitter feed, he's going to go off on this. So let's before he goes off on this, let, let's just uh, 
let's let's go to our, our, our buddy here in in France. In a, <laughs> what, what, what's your take on this? You might have a a, a calmer. Uh, I mean, or maybe you don't. Maybe uh, maybe maybe you're uh, you're going to go as wild. As so take it away. Uh, it's it's missing one letter. It's missing one letter right at the end of DeFi, this acronym. And that is DeFi U, because that's all it's doing. It's definancing you. And it's gonna it's it's not gonna end well. So we need a new hashtag, DeFi U, uh, just buy Bitcoin. And that's it. That's that's the message. Okay. Yours very, very polite and to the point there. I like that. I like that. All right, Dragon, take it away. Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, well, first of all, it's it's obvious that people who banned the DeFi from Bitcoin, <laughs> I know a certain person, uh, they don't have skin in the game. They just they just want to gamble and make more money, basically. In the end, who will be basically dumping Bitcoin when we reach the next all time high? They just don't care about the the purpose that Bitcoin gives for for long term for long term relationship between people and creating new new options in the future like new companies, new business, new opportunities. And they don't see these things. And then they just focusing on making more profit and then living a good life right now. And that's why I kind of like kind of wishing that Martin Tang going to get wrecked probably, or he already did. But anyway, uh, this is the whole point that people create these scams. And when you are peddling the scams, you become a scammer also. So what's the point of basically... Going on to sushi or whatever the fuck these are. Sorry for the bad word. <laughs> basically, uh, the whole point is that is, is, is you are just basically making people lose money who don't understand what it is. They are they are probably there for gambling. They probably know it's a scam. But there are other people who, honest, who honestly believe that, that this is a functioning system that is a decentralized financial system that is anarchist in a sense. But it's a whole... B bullshit basically a lie that is not true and when you are basically buying their tokens and then dumping them on a higher price you're just scamming others there's no explanation for this there's no other reason for that you can make some money if you're making money on sushi just keep it to yourself you made some bitcoin okay that's totally fine don't flaunt it because then that's some people are going to start getting pissed off because you're basically scamming people and that's it there's no other reasoning and how there were these people try to reason that, like Martin tried to do it, that they oh it's it's so fancy and it's on Ethereum. Oh. No, it is not. It's not. Go get your rainbow unicorn somewhere else, Martin. No, but that's I, my I, two sets on this shit. Well, well one thing you gotta hand it to people, they uh, some of the people that get into DeFi, they just want more Bitcoin. They they're just uh they're gonna No, they're... Martin wanted more more Bitcoin, but it drew out saying that that ether was something that was functional. When you start saying things that 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 something beyond Bitcoin that is that was invented to scam people in n masses, then you are basically the utter lowest parts part of the entire space, who are not going to be trusting anymore, doing business or whatever, and you're just game over for you, because then when you say that that these things can exist next to bitcoin and they improve on something but they bring something new they're not bringing anything new is scamming something new that should be you know welcomed in the space should scams be implemented into onto bitcoin probably no they shouldn't be well it doesn't work like that 
people want to do DeFi on Bitcoin. I guess we could we could talk about yeah, that. Yeah, but but not in a sense how Sushi is doing it or these other scam tokens are. It's totally different. Dude, I don't know how anyone could even get into that Sushi thing. The name alone, the name alone. Like you, you're going to throw a bunch of money at something that calls itself Sushi or Potato? And then its creator basically dumped the token in order just to run away and then crawl back crying that he don't want to get sued. <laughs> and well, then, that was very strange. That whole situation is very strange. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could we could go into that also. I, I, I got to say, I like your... I like I like these guests today, man. They all remind me of of other guests, but I mean, this is we got a unique combination here. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin, and uh, dude, Dragon is is the next GG, perhaps. And <laughs> who knows? All right, uh, anyone else want to comment on on this uh, lovely subject matter of DeFi and people getting wrecked? Is, 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 is any any positive <laughs> aspects? To, I mean, people are. They, What's what's the token that's like worth forty thousand dollars now or something like that? Pete, that that one, uh, what is that? Yearn, Yearn Finance. Have you guys heard of that one? People are asking me about that just because it's Yearn Finance. That's how yeah. you create your bitcoins. Well, it's because they see that huge number. Oh, whoa, we got a question here. Oh no, Robert Hardebeck says sent twenty dollars. Thank you, man. Thank you, Robert. He says great show. May your grandmother get well soon. Well, thank you for, for the well wishes there, uh, Robert. Uh, all right. So DeFi, anything left from the panel about DeFi you want to talk about? Okay, good. No, nothing nothing more about DeFi. But guys... It, get wrecked shitcoiners, basically. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> don't buy shitcoin. Uh, oh, man. We had... We got a we got hardcore Bitcoiners here today. This is Tizen is not on the show this week. You can tell. Pound that like button. All right. Now, uh, let's what else is on the subject matter? Does anyone want to talk about or did anybody this is more of an American thing? I don't know if you heard about this, Nico. Uh, Jim Kramer said something good about Bitcoin. Does that matter? Do you care at all? I saw the Pelosi video. But I, I didn't see him saying something good about Bitcoin. So, man, I'm glad you told me, though, because that's exactly what I'm going to look up after the show. Yeah, he said something. Yeah, I, I did not see the Pelosi thing. I can't even – I can't deal with so that Jim, politics. Jim, Kramer, Jim Kramer was interviewed by Pomp as well this week. So Pomp's on fire. And um, I'm about halfway through the Jim Kramer episode, and I've they've not touched on on Bitcoin. They're just getting there, but um, I'd finished my driving journey, so uh, I've got to get back into it. But um, yeah, that's that's where that's coming from. Um, so uh, I can't say exactly what was said, but there was definitely um, something positive out of that interview. And who knows? Because if he now starts, um, you know, he's got a huge following. Um, I don't watch him because I think he's crazy and, you know, pushes, <laughs> pushes a different stock every one minute. And, um, that's, I mean, he's, he's kind of like, um, the original Robin Hood really. Um, you know, if he, like from 20 years ago, um, you, you can't tell people to buy and sell stocks, buy and sell stocks, ugh, buy and sell stocks every minute of every day. It's just crazy. Um, but if he now comes out and um, speaks well of, of Bitcoin, then at least we have another person with a huge following at least uttering the words. So that can only be good for the space. And hopefully people will, you know, pick up the Bitcoin standard or start listening to a few podcasts or re reading a few of Parker's or Robert Breed Loves articles. Um, you know, these uh, there's so much great, there's so much great 
content in this space that is um, just waiting to be discovered and being documented like this, you know? Um, imagine like, here's one for you. I was talking to a friend about this earlier. Imagine like in 100, 200 years time when, when this period of history gets studied, right? They, they won't have to rely on text and old paintings. They'll have videos like this. They'll have podcasts. They will know the exact conversations that were taking place. Like imagine being in the room with the founding fathers. None of us can. Like, but now all of this stuff, all of this thing is happening in real time and in this digital space, technological revolution, um, financial revolution, call it whatever you will. It's, you know, uh, just an honor to be a part and uh, to be awake to it. And I just hope more people can wake up to it. Oh, wow. Good, good words. And to all my future uh, descendants watching this, 2020 uh, has been an interesting year. Uh, but what, check out the archives, my future descendants and everyone that's uh, watching this in 2020. Disruptmeister.com. Dan is the next renegade investor. That's what I, that, I, I wanted to say that too. I've, I've compared all three of these guys to other uh, past guests. And uh, if anyone's caught all those illusions, please comment in the uh, comment section. All right. Uh, well, let, we're getting here toward the end of the show. Yeah, we're definitely uh, close to the end of the show. So let's, has there been anything that I forgot? Any any comments? You can promote what you guys are doing, uh, anything. We'll, we'll start with uh, the great uh, dragon lord uh, over there somewhere in a mysterious location in Europe or something like that. Uh, what's up with you? You have anything, uh, you, any stories you thought were big you want to share? The floor is yours. No idea. I didn't really prepare anything, to be honest. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, you can just, uh, what are you up? I mean, you're, you're tweeting away. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, He's below. Basically, I'm still doing my podcast right now. I got sponsored recently by Citadel 21. So shout out to them. Uh, they're going to be coming out uh, with a new uh, volume for their design uh, this month on 21st. And volume two is already on sale. You, know, you should hit up their website and then start buying their design. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and really Citadel Twenty One is in the is in the chat right now. So I, I love we we say that you guys are in motion, you know, creating a publication like that. I it you know we were just talking about how uh, there's there's so much great content creation here. I remember back in uh, 2014, 2015, there was nothing. I mean, there was hardly anything out there, and now it just grows all the time. We can have zines, we can have videos, we can have podcasts, we can have God forbid. Uh, Instagram posts. I think that's ridiculous, but let pe people can do whatever they want to do in this space. It, it, it is growing more and more. And it is, it's interesting that uh, CEOs of, uh, of, of big corporations uh, actually uh, watch some of this stuff. You never, you never know who's watching. So uh, anything else, Dragon Lord? Yeah, Bitcoin culture number go up, basically. All right. All right. Well, you uh, you have made a great debut on the show. Hopefully, you will return very soon. People are enjoying this uh, combination. All right, Nico, what do you got to say? You got your podcast to promote too, obviously. But any any other big stories? Guys, just stay humble, stack sats, and long time preference, man. That's that's the best wisdom that I could tell you. And you know, just just every day, man. Just make sure that you could just stack a little bit, whether it's ten to five dollars. You know, a couple years down the road, you're going to be very happy you did so. And guys, you know, go check out bitvault.com if you need a place to, you know, host your, your ASIC miners. We get a very attractive electricity rate. And of course, 
uh, check out Simply Bitcoin. It's a 10 million. It's a 10 minute daily uh, Bitcoin recap show. You know, it's not as it's it's not as 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 in depth as as Adam's show. You know, this this long format. I love it. But if you only have 10 minutes, go check it out again. It's called Simply Bitcoin. And and thanks. Thanks, Adam, for having me on. This was a great time. Dude, you've made a beautiful debut on this show. Hopefully you will return and your partner in crime over there will hopefully return, will come on one of my shows also. Uh, we're working on that. He's not available on Fridays usually, but we'll, 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 we'll figure it all out. And yes, deferral of gratification. That is one of the sayings here. Deferral of gratification, long-term thinking. All right, Dan, the traveling man. Uh, Dan, I, I like this dude a lot because he travels around the world too, uh, like I do. And he's, uh, he's living a unique lifestyle. So but, uh, share anything you want to do about that lifestyle and, and your book and everything, but, but any other stories you thought might need to be mentioned, talk about your appearances, podcasts, et cetera. Uh, the floor is yours. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, really, uh, appreciate being, in, uh, in invited onto the show and to, to meet these other guys as well. Um, that's brilliant. Um, I, I will double shill Citadel 21 had Hodlin on the, on the show and think that they're doing great, great work. And, um, they're, they're finding some great content from, um, underfollowed accounts, uh, like people with less than a hundred accounts are showing up and now they're being inspired to, to write or meme or, um, sing or dance or make a video. It doesn't matter that this, this space is just, we we need you like if you're listening and you've got something on your mind we need you like you know join join this this fight because and, and then reach out to anyone on twitter because we can get you followers we can help we can share your work we can critique your work we can make it better everyone's there to help and you know i launched my podcast uh, once bitten back in february i didn't know what the hell i was doing people reached out and they were just so kind and they helped and um it's like just people coming on the show uh, to share their ideas is just uh, amazing. Um, there's another guy, a bunch of guys I want to shield. 21ism, go and follow them on Twitter. Um, my God, man, like I'm getting an inside look to what they're doing. And uh, it's a Bitcoin art collective and they have just some huge ideas and it's going to be really, really fun. They've got already a great deal of uh, video mashups uh, the James Bond mashup is brilliant by um, Sir Badminton at Hodler Than Now. Um, great work going on in the space. If you want to learn more about me, um, you can just uh, follow me on Twitter at Princey1976. Um, I wrote a book and uh, Travel in the World and how we did that with four kids. Um, so, you know, and DMs are open. So, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't feel shy. And uh, thanks again, Adam. Uh, awesome that you, you reach out like that. That's really good. Follow all of them. They're linked to below. All right, dudes. It, it's been a very unique show. It's been a while since I had three new guests on at the same time. That's a, hey, I tried all sorts of different things. It's great. I, ho I hope everybody enjoyed it. I, I had a blast here early in the morning. Uh, it's going to be quite a long day for me. But everybody remember, uh, at This Week at Bitcoin is uh, every Friday and uh, you can see all the old shows at techbalt.com, which techbalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, is also my handle on Twitter. Everybody pound that like button. Thanks a lot, guests. You were great. Thanks a lot, people that are watching this. Uh, just uh, spread the word, retweet it. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Everybody, happy new year. Rosh Hashanah is tonight. Again, thank you all.
we will see you soon. And let me uh, click the stop live stream. Bye-bye.